Once an individual accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life, a non-stop battle begins in their mind. It's the battle between good and evil, the battle between obeying God or listening to the devil, the battle between putting the old man that still resides in us to death and now living by the spirit man that has taken up residency in our lives, the battle between not only knowing what's right, doing what we know is right to do. It's a never-ending tug of war that the child of God faces daily. Join us in this two-part episode entitled, The Battle of the Mind. Listening tonight, Lord, will be blessed from what we have to say. 
knowing that everything that we say, Lord, is coming from your word. We thank you for it right now. And we just believe that it's done already. So we praise your name in advance, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Jesus. Amen. 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 Tonight we want to delve into <clears throat> topic. The battlefield of the mind. If there's a battlefield, there's got to be two forces opposing that's trying to accomplish different things. Well, actually, both of them are trying to accomplish the same thing, but they have different reasons behind them trying to do their accomplishment. Like right now, there's a battle going on in Ukraine with Russia and the sovereign state of Ukraine. For whatever reason, Russia wants to take over Ukraine, but Ukraine, Lord have mercy, is fighting to stay who they are. It's fighting for their sovereignty. Ain't that like the, I mean, I'm just going here early. <laughs> Isn't that just like the Christian race? It's a battle. It's a fight. Before I got saved, I'm sure you can attest to this too. What I did, I really didn't think about it, whether it was wrong or right. If my conscience convicted me, I ignored the conviction from my conscience because I was enjoying what I was doing. I ain't saying, mm -mm, no, I'm going to stop this. It didn't matter because what I was doing at that time brought me pleasure. Felt good to me. But when the Holy Ghost, arrested by attention, told me it was time to go AWOL from the devil and come on board with the Lord's army. I surrendered to the call, even though I ran from it for quite a while. And I'm not talking about the call of ministry, I'm just talking about the call to, to the Christian life. Right. I, I put the, the call to the Christian life on hold because in my mind, I was having too much fun. My mind told me I can't have this kind of fun being a Christian because I got to do X, Y, Z. I can't do this. I can't do that. I got to walk like this. I got to live like that. I got to go to church. I can't stay home on Sunday. That was too much for me to want to give up. So my mind had me thinking that if I gave up all that I'd live a boring life. But since I found out the truth, <laughs> the Bible said, know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yes, sir. When I became aware of the truth, a battle started within my mind. Always just pulling and just tugging, 
between right and wrong. Do this. No, don't do this. Don't do this. No, do this. And there is this constant, everyday battle going on in the mind of the child of God. Some people say, well, stuff don't bother me like that. Well, if stuff is not bothering you, one or two things, either you've grown to a, a level of spirituality that, now everything don't bother me. Some things I can just say, devil don't know. But there's some stuff that I struggle with in my life. And if anybody, any Christian out here want to tell the truth, they'll say the same thing. It's true. There are some things that don't bother us, but some things are a struggle. Drugs, I don't struggle with not doing drugs. Alcohol, don't struggle with not doing alcohol. But there are some things that I struggle with. It's true. There are some things that I have to, and I hate to say this, sometimes I have to help the Holy Ghost talk me out of doing some stuff. You know if you do this, there's going to be some consequences. <laughs> yes, sir. But there is a constant struggle, a constant tug of war pulling me back and forth. And like folks said, that proverbial devil on the left and the like angel on the right. Which one are you going to listen to? Uh, that's, that's, it's funny you say it, but today I... with someone about love and uh, they were saying they was in love and then I didn't really know the person that long and I basically told them I said well you know when it comes down to love I said time will tell the difference whether or not you're in love or not you know and the reason I said that I said because love is like a a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's got twists and turns and jerks here and jerks there. Uh, it'll take you up to the high point and it bring you down to the lowest valleys. And uh, I say, and the thing is, is that in love, you're trying to accomplish a goal of staying together and just toughen it out as much as you can. And so, uh, as you on that roller coaster, the roller coaster is sort of similar to an obstacle course too. You, know, you got all these different obstacles that's going to try to come your way or gonna come your way, and it's going to try to prevent you from getting from point A to point B. Uh, and it's how you work through all of those things that will help you accomplish your goal. I was thinking about that as, as you was talking. It's, it's the same way when it comes down to this battle. Uh, the good thing about this battle is that this battle is already won. That's true. <laughs> That's a good thing. That right there changes the world. Yeah, the battle is already won, but it's our minds now. 
that has to come to grips with that. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a tendency to focus on what comes our way instead of looking farther from what it's going to be. We're looking at what it is right now, but we're not looking at what it's going to be after this right here. Uh, we, 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 look, we look at when it comes down to uh, winning this battle it's going to take a lot of the Holy Spirit and a whole lot less of you Christ knew that when he first left here and he told the disciples to tear their through Right. Till when? Till they be endued with power from up on that. See, cause he knew you weren't gonna be able to accomplish this thing of, of this battle, first of all, in your own natural power. Yeah, I already knew that. But you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to get these guys. Did, did, at, at the same way as I've been here with them, you know, they know as long as they're with me, they're gonna be alright. You know, I'm not gonna let anything happen to them because of if anything will happen to them, it's okay. they're going to have to come through me. And I know they, I got this already taken care of. Right. They can't do nothing with me at all. So he said, but when I leave here, they're going to have to have one just like me. <laughs> one called alongside the hill. <laughs> and what's the Greek say? The paracletes. Paracletes is going to have to come and be with them give them everything that they need, not naturally, but supernaturally. Because living a Christian life is a supernatural lifestyle. It's not a natural lifestyle. If you try to live it in the natural, you're going to be defeated every time. Christ already knew that. So he's telling them, I'm going to give you a clue right now. He's saying, I'm going to clue to you right now <laughs> that if you're going to make it, if you're going to win some battles, in this life here as, as the Christian life. You got to understand it's going to be all supernatural. Nothing natural about it. It's going to be all supernatural. So if you ain't knowing how to use the power that I'm giving you, because think about it, if, if he already knew that you was going to be able to live this life and be victorious in this life without supernatural power, then he would never gave you the Holy Spirit to begin with. Because they already knew that you was going to need this in order to be able to do it. Or you was going to need him. But you're going to need him spiritually to be able to accomplish everything that he wants you to accomplish in this life. He knew that. And so we have these battles that come our way so many times. And, and we, we don't utilize the Holy Spirit like we should in order to win these battles. And the reason why I tell you that, why? Because whenever we encounter some type of problem, some type of issue, what's the number one thing we do first before we acknowledge God? And for some... Try to fix it ourselves? Yeah, we always try to fix it ourselves. That's the first thing we try to do. And then when we run out of resources, when we run out of Results when we run out of choices and nothing else works for us. 
we always wind up coming with right back to him. And that's where we should have started in the beginning. And you would think that over time and through everything that we've been through in life that we would learn that lesson to where now, because some of us have been Christians, man, for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And some of us ain't learned nothing yet. You know, when things like that come, the first thing we do is we, we look at all these little resources in there to try to find the answer to it and we wind up coming right back to God all the time. God bless you. Yes, sir. What do you say to the person that's trying to live a Christian life and they got the, this, 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 these thoughts that's running through their mind to serve God with that, that this fight and this the fight and the thought causes them to think that question their salvation or okay I, I should be fathered in this. What what do you say to a person like that? I, I always look at myself first before I can basically give anybody else any, any type of information. Because what I do is what you call a self-evaluation. Okay. Uh, David said this. He says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay? Okay. When it comes down to men or myself wanting to be victorious when it comes down to me wanting to be more confident of what I actually know when it comes down to me wanting to be absolutely sure about what I've read and what I've studied and what I've experienced in life mm -hmm. it always brings me back to the word to give them because, see, there's going to always be a struggle in the mind uh, whether or not you are saved or not. But the struggle is in the mind. The thing is, what do you have in your mind that gives you the surety of knowing that you know what you know? I can't put it another way. Either I believe what is being said in his word or I don't. Then why do I have all these bad thoughts in my mind? Why do I think stuff I shouldn't think? Why do I see that walking down the street and I know I shouldn't look, but I'm like, man, why, why, why do I desire what I shouldn't desire? Well, you got to still look at it that you are still living in the flesh for one thing. Some people think that, and, and think about it, let, let me go right back to that statement since you put it like that. <laughs> since you put it like that. Well, Bible never told us as men not to look upon one. I'm not just talking about men, I'm talking about women too. I'm talking about we desire stuff. And it's not always a person. Sometimes we covet after stuff people Sometimes we want something just because somebody got, well, they got a nice new house. 
I'm gonna get here. Why, why do I have this constant battle going on? Why is this tough one? Why can't I just think God did things all the time? Because when you got saved, a lot of people think that the flesh or the sinful, let's put it the sinful, sinful nature. People think that the sinful nature was eradicated. And what I mean by that, it was put to death. It was done with. You don't have to worry about sin no more once you get saved. Okay? But the sinful nature is very much alive. And people say, well, how, you, how can you say that? How do you know that the sinful nature is very much alive? I say, well, I can give you proof about it the way I prove everything else. But how is that in the Bible? Well, where is that proof at? How, how is that true? I say, well, let's go to Galatians 5 and 16. And let's just start right there. Because Paul says this. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not. Notice that. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when he says walk in the Spirit, we know that the word walk is a euphemism for basically live. Right. Okay? So he's saying live in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. And you will not fulfill, that word fulfill means to carry out the lust okay, of the flesh. Alright? So he says, if you live by the Spirit, then you won't do that. You won't have to worry about fulfilling or carrying out the lust of the flesh. Right, so we, when we look at that, it's like, okay, if I walk by the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust. But if I don't walk by the Spirit, what am I going to do? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? All right. So if he knows this, he's letting us know that it's the way that you live depends on what you carry out. Okay? Now, when he gets on down in through there, through the next few verses, he continues to talk about that there's this war that goes on between the flesh and the spirit because, see, the flesh is like, well, I don't want you living this new life. You know, just say if you got saved at the age of 35, okay? okay? Uh, here you are 36 years old. So one year has passed since you've been saved, okay? Right. You, you look at this and you say, okay, I got 35 years of living a sinful lifestyle. I got 35 years of being born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And all I know is the living, the sinful lifestyle. That's all I know. All right, now you get saved. You got one year versus 35 years of living godly. So godly is not familiar. Living godly is not a habit. Living godly is not something that you've practiced for so many years to where it's like second nature to you. Living sinful life is. That's all you know. And that's all you do. So now you got this godly lifestyle that you got to try to live versus the 35 years of living the sinful lifestyle. All right, so God knew that you was going to have this struggle in. Right? So, enter the Holy Spirit. The 
give us what we need in order to live the life that he wants us to live. Now, because you're in the learning stages, learning now how to live God, sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to sin. Because what? He's telling you it's, it's going to be a struggle. Because he tells you about there's a war going on now between the flesh and the spirit. The, the flesh wants you to live like you've always lived. <clears throat> and the spirit wants you to live the way God wants you to live now. It's a new way of life. So you look at it now, okay, basically I'm a, I'm a full-grown sinner, a full-grown adult when it comes down to living toward the flesh. But when it comes down to living for God, and I've only been living for God for one year because I've only been born again. I've only been saved for one year. So now you got 36, I mean 35 years of living the sinful lifestyle. So you're a full-grown adult in that. You know, you live that with no problem at all. That's a piece of cake for you. But now, as a babe in Christ, <coughs> you only got one year of living for God versus 35 years of living a sinful lifestyle. So now you're in the learning stages. Now you're in the growing stages, you know, to where you're basically a babe in Christ right now. <coughs> right? So do you really expect for a babe in Christ to be able to handle an adult sin? <laughs> who's had all this experience, all this practice, the way he sins with no problem. He's not convicted of it at all. He's always just done it, and that's his lifestyle. Habits are hard to break. <coughs> so you're going to need help in order to live this lifestyle, you know. And we basically call it the, uh, the sanctification process. It's the growing process, you know. And the Bible calls it a newborn baby's desire the sincere milk of the word in order to grow thereby. Okay? So herein lies our scripture for tonight. Galatians 5, 6. Yeah. For the flesh lusts against the spirit mm -hmm. and the spirit against, thank you God, the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you that that that's that's everything. That's it. That's it. I like that contrary. And, and that's what I said. If there's a battle, exactly. If there's a battlefield, right. There's a battle, right. Exactly. So the battlefield is our mind. Excuse me. And the flesh. The spirit are in war one with the other. Exactly. Why? Because they both want to win. Both want to win. They both want the victory. And they understand that the victory is going to come with whoever wins the battle for your mind. But why, why not go after the heart? The heart does not control what you need in order for you to act on. We say it does, you know, a person got a good heart, you know, he, he does this, he does that, but now it starts in the mind first. Well, how do you know it starts in the mind? 
Yeah, call it what the fault. I mean, what did uh? As a man think. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So is so it. is he. Exactly. So that that's why it starts up here but comes to fruition here. It's true. It's true. So therefore, we got to be careful what we let in the mind. I agree. Addictions are started because something, things became a thought, right? It's true. Somebody thought about something and, and it became, somebody's addicted to something now because of a thought. I agree. The flesh, that's the old that's the spirit. They, they're fighting each other. Yeah. What do I do? What part do I take in this? I already know what you were saying. <laughs> Say you got two dogs fighting. <laughs> there you go. Which one you feed the most? That's the one that's going to be victorious. Hit it. Hit it. So if I feed the flesh, the flesh don't. Here we go. And if you feed one, you starve in the other. Right. But what if you feed both of them? What if you try to feed both? Because a lot of people try to do them both. Depending on how much you feed each other. You know what the Lord said in Revelation 3 and 20? Or 3 and 20? I would that you were high cold. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You, you make me sick. Exactly. Just answer. You make me sick, he said. Yeah, he did. He said, you make me sick. Brother Sam. So you can't feel them both. <laughs> you, can't, you can't feel them both. That's true. You got to feed one or the other. Somebody need to understand that you cannot feed them both. You can only feed one or the other. The Bible says that for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. There's a constant battle going on. You know what? This battle gonna go on until you leave. It's true. You got to deal with this till you leave here. So what? What you gotta do? And with time being like it is right now, you gotta you gotta make up in your mind what you're gonna do. Yeah. I think Gilbert Patterson preached a sermon, "Devil, you can't stop me because I got a made up mind." And until people make up that mind, not just say these colloquial things like, for God I live and for God I die. Right. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord and I promise him that I will serve. Until we live those things instead of just say those things, until we stop being colloquial and be authentic and be real with what we say and mean what we say and say what we mean, because here's the bottom line with this battle going on in our mind. We can stop this battle at any time. It's true. Because all we got to do is say, Jesus, 
all we got to do is realize that this right here, if there's a battle, if I'm trying to do good, and Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present with me. The good that I would do, I don't do good. Evil that I would not do, that's what I find myself doing. It's about making up this mind. It's about deciding that God has been too good for me for me to be doing some of the stuff I'm doing, acting the way I'm acting or behaving like I behave. Even with some of the stuff that come to our mind, we know it means us no good. If it's not highlighting God, if it's not giving him the glory, if it's not causing us to reach out to somebody and try to help that individual, if it's not causing us to share word about the Lord, if it's not causing us to do like we've done, go out there where it raise you up and try to encourage somebody's heart. Anything in this mind that is not giving God glory ought to be removed from the mind. It's true. That's true. Now, are we going to be like that every day? No. But we got to recognize and realize that when the wrong stuff comes to our mind, we got to quickly say, Lord, help me. Right. Satan, not today. And he, I, 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 I think I told you one time, there was a little old lady in the church I started preaching at, Sister Georgia. Sister Georgia walked up, she was talking. Sister Georgia said, I'm going to do something for you the devil will never do. We said, what's that? She said, I'm going to leave you alone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not going to leave you alone. He know, if, if you're saved and you're born again, he knows he can't stop you from going to heaven. So what he tries to do is he tries to mess with your trip. He tries to make the trip as enjoyable as he can. It's true. It's true. The battle, with, the battle within our minds is that we are giving the devil room to operate in our minds. It's like when we let people get to us. But when somebody, you know, some of the most dangerous people in the world are people who learn how to control weak-minded people. Right. Right. They pray. Right. Those are some dangerous people. That's true. People who try to take advantage of weak-minded people. Those are some dangerous people. Yeah, I agree. Paul tells us to guard our heart for out of it are the issues of life. In the process of guarding your heart, you guard your heart by not allowing certain stuff to come into your mind. To reach your mind. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's how you guard your heart. It's true. You put up a force field. <laughs> you put up a block or something. Who can block that? It's in the word. You got that's how you're gonna do it. You got to know the word. Step back <coughs> on what you said uh, about what if you feed both of them. See, that's going to be a problem. to be effective. 
See, you have to uh, basically destroy. Put it out all together. And I think Paul later on in, in, this, uh, in the book of Romans, he talks about that. How with your mind, you reckon it. The flesh, and I think that's the word he used, reckon. He reckoned the flesh to be dead. See, until you do that, as far as reckoning it to be dead, because Christ has already put it to death, until you do that, it's still going to be a serious problem for us. So you've got to basically do exactly what Galatians 5 says. You've got to begin to walk in the Spirit so you will not fulfill the lust, the lust of the flesh. And, and, and I like what he says here. Uh, he says because they're both are going to oppose one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Ooh, ooh, so now there's the, there's the, there's the thing right there. Right. That's why the battle is there. Because if I'm busy battling, then I'm not operating. Exactly. Exactly. So as long as I've got this battle going on, I'm not doing the things of God. Actually, I'm stagnant. Right, yeah. In this episode, we discuss things like understanding that even though you're saved, you're still going to think things that are contrary to the life of a child of God. Even though you're saved, you're still going to want to do things that are against the ways of God. These type of things and other things that are not of God will infiltrate your mind because there is this constant ongoing battle between the flesh and the spirit. Stay tuned to part two as we conclude this series, The Battle of the Mind.